0: All right, everyone. The Dr. Alex show is brought to you by Shed Light Cold Lasers and Shed Light Cold Lasers has been a game changer for us at HML professionally and personally at home. Personally, on a a personal note, I had a very bad bout of vertigo and I got probably 85% there by going to a few different functional neurologists over the years to help me out with it. Then I bought this and this is a game changer because one it's portable that means i can take it to the office use it on patients all day make sure it stays charged come on home and then throw it in my pocket and use that home and this is what cleared up my vertigo now professionally the way it's game it's uh, been the game changer for us in the office is that it has cut our results down by 50 percent. this can get used on just about anything, any disease disorder that you can think of, it can pretty much get used on. Now, as far as how it has helped us out, it's cut everything down by 50% on our times. So when we're working with our kids with special needs, uh, when we're working with our chronic neurological disorders, autoimmune diseases, to get those people into a good point that they're happy and that we're happy, times have been cut by 50%. You will definitely want to go check out Shed Light, Or email Griswold at shedlightinformation at gmail.com, 518-338-6658. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Alex Show. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. Uh, This is called hemisphericity. And in the neurology world, like a lot of things, this can be, oh, not, not necessarily controversial, but um, very uh, hotly debated. So whenever I'm talking about things, you'll not necessarily want to take it with a grain of salt, but you'll want to remember that there's always more to the story. There's always more to be said. There's always more that can be um, added to it. And there's always little caveats. So if something comes out of my mouth, like I'm about to start by saying, Hey, the left brain and the right brain, they have different functions. Like the left brain is all about taking care of our positive emotions. And the right brain is all about taking care of our negative emotions. It's not that the left brain only does positive emotions. It's that where is the majority of the neuronal processing that occurs when someone is working through a positive emotional response? Um, so take that into account when we're talking about this. And with that, it, there's always just always, always more details to the story. So when I started, uh, learning about neurobehavioral disorders in depth, and took a very deep dive and got, uh, my various certifications and fellowships and whatnot into all of this. The vast majority of what I learned neurologically is that the brain has two sides, uh, as we know, right and left, and there's different functions. And we are very asymm- asymmetrical as humans. Um, as a matter of fact, the, if you look at a brain. Uh, a a picture of a real brain without being too uh, grossed out by it, if you will. Uh, The the brain looks different on each side. The left side looks a little different than the right. Different areas are bigger on the left than uh, areas on the right. And that means that that area of the brain that's on the left, that might be bigger than on the right is bigger because it does something more than the right side. So with that said, um, when we're going through uh, all of this stuff, when we're talking and saying, hey, there's uh, mainly math calculations happening on the left, it's because that area of the brain, quite frankly, could be bigger, or the cell types in that area are different, or the processing speed is different, or the oscillations or the brain waves are different than the right. So there is just a whole host of details to all this. But let's go into it. So when we are assessing kids at HML and what a lot of other functional neurologists do when they assess children or people with neurological uh, disorders, whether we're talking neurodevelopmental disorders such as autism, dyslexia, ADHD, and others, or even uh, a a blatant stroke or post-concussion or something along those lines, we're going to look at left and right uh, functions because we want to be very specific with our therapy we want to see okay th- they can't use maybe that side of their body very well or they can't feel that side of their body very well what area of the brain controls that if they can't feel the right side of their body very well because maybe that person had a stroke or uh, maybe that individual injured something in their brain and they can't feel the right side well that's most likely due to the fact that the left side had an injury so there's no point into going and looking at the right side of the brain per se we want to focus our therapies where the issue is so what I'm going to do is go down um, left and right and I'm going to start with the left and and that is because the left side of the brain is a little easier uh, because most of the time we are dealing with individuals that have what we call right brain weaknesses now We are designed, and as I will say, God designed us um, to be left brain dominant, and that's because the language, our language, talking right now, like me talking, comes out of the left brain, usually. There are little caveats, again, where you can have um, hemispheric flips. Um, However, 97 to 99% of the people on this planet, uh, language is uh, controlled and coming out of the left brain. So we are meant to be left brain dominant. So when I say someone is left brain weak or right brain weak, it is that that side of the brain is under functioning just slightly. Think of the two halves of the brain functioning like an orchestra. There's a lot of different instruments on each side of the orchestra. You have your brass, you have your strings, you have your, your percussion and anything and everything else uh, in an orchestra. Cause I don't know anything about orchestras but I knew do know that there's two sides of the orchestra and I do know that there's different instruments. So what we want to do is make sure that the instruments on each side of the room are playing at the same volume and the same rate. Uh, cause if they're not, then we're going to have issues. So if the right side of the room is not playing quite up to speed, you're going to be right brain weak and we're going to go over what that means. If it's uh, left brain weak, it'll be just the opposite. Those instruments aren't playing as loud or as fast. So developmentally. Uh, cause that's what we specialize in at HML. The left brain, when the left brain has issues, keep all of this in mind. The left brain, when it has issues, we're going to have problems with academics. We're going to have issues with reading. We're gonna have issues with math calculations. These are children that can be commonly diagnosed with dyslexia, uh, inattentive ADHD, learning disabilities, uh, they could have poor spelling recognition. Uh, they can have poor auditory processing as well, uh, poor fine motor control because your fine motor control is going to be primarily housed in your left brain because, well, let me kind of backtrack on that, Your most of the time we're right handed. Because your fine motor control is housed in your left brain. So, the vast majority of humans are right handed, fun fact, because your fine motor skills come out of your left brain. And then you guessed it, your gross motor skills come out of your right brain. So, people that are left brain weak or have left brain issues could have poor fine motor skills, primarily with their hands. Now, um, this will uh, have issues with handwriting, so poor penmanship. Uh, they, are, they might have issues with uh, dr- drawing fine details as well, um, but these people can also be good artists. Uh, w- when growing up, these kids can be very um, avoidant of anything academic. They're the ones that if you have to make them do a reading assignment, they have to go to the bathroom every five minutes. Um, their tummy doesn't feel good. They're tired. Uh, all of a sudden they, they they spiked a fever. Uh, these are the kids that will go put like a hot towel on their forehead and go to mom and say, hey, look, I have a fever. Um, and hopefully you guys don't fall for that because they're just trying to get out of work because it's hard for them. They, they struggle uh, so much with academic work. Uh, these are kids that actually do get sick often because the left side of the brain, generally speaking, turns on our immune system, believe it or not. It's the side of the brain when it fires, it fires down to what's called our hypothalamus, and that pumps out a bunch of other releasing hormones and things along those lines. And it talks to our sympathetic nervous system in a manner that it helps turn on our immune system. So when we get exposed to viruses, bacteria, fungi, and things that we need to fight off, it's the left brain that turns that on. So these kiddos are the ones that can get sick often because their immune system is not quite up to snuff. And these are also kiddos that could be shy because the left brain is all about motivation. And lastly, uh, what can pop up that comes up often is these are children that have poor self-esteem problems. And I think that this comes about because in our society, we weigh heavily on academics. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but a lot of parents, a lot of teachers, a lot of, uh, everyone in society puts a lot of pressure on children and academics and making sure they do well. And that's because they spend a lot of time there. Kids go to school from seven to three or eight to four or whatever it is. And Monday through Friday. And there's a lot of pressure when you spend that amount of time to do well, especially if the parents, um, have the children enrolled in a private school or some other institution where they're paying money and it's not public. Um, There's a lot of pressure on those children to do well, so they can very well have poor self-esteem issues um, amongst others because they realize that they're not good at that. And I think that that's a big contributor to that Um, as well as um, it, it also deals with their emotions. So kind of going down the list, the left brain takes care of our positive emotions. Positive emotions are happiness or being happy, uh, being surprised and anger. And it sounds odd that a, uh, that anger can be a positive emotion, um, but anger, when used appropriately, can be good for motivation. As long as you're not harming yourself or others, you know, people use anger to get the job done. And these children tend to be happy-go-lucky Um, they don't have a good check on the rest of their emotions um, in terms of their uh, negative emotions, which are fear, sadness, and disgust. So they tend to be a little happy-go-lucky, which is great. Um, But with that, um, when they uh, get approached with issues that challenge them and they are so happy-go-lucky, it's like getting hit by a train with their emotions. Um, So they're... Uh, self-esteem will get hit heavily um, because of that. Um, The left brain is all about approach behavior. So this is all about um, motivating the kiddos. When we're dealing with a left brain weak kiddo, um, generally think of these kiddos like the stereotypical jocks growing up. They're not really motivated to do much, even if they are just awesome at sports. If you ask them to, hey, do you want to go practice? Sometimes most of the time they really don't, um, probably cause they know they don't need to, and they're especially not motivated by the other big portion of their lives, which is academics. They're, they're just not interested. Um, so motivation is a big problem for these, for these guys. They don't have a good, what we call a gas pedal to get going with their activities in life. Um, the other thing here is uh, going down my list of my poster that we have copyrighted. You can check out on HMLFunctionalCare.com is uh, small muscle, fine motor control, which we already kind of talked about there. So the left brain takes care of that. Uh, the left brain also deals with light touch processing. So the left brain deals with light touch, right brain deals with deep touch, and it's not that. The light touch processing is not again getting processed in the right brain. It's where is the end point processing occurring and generally speaking the light touch processing occurs in the left brain um, in terms of somatosensory processing. The left brain uh, deals with high frequency sound processing. So uh, when it comes to sound again it's just the opposite in the right brain. Um, any high pitched sounds, the left brain is going to be sensitive to that. And it's going to process that and it's going to, um, help sort it out and make sense of it for the individual. When it comes to reading, this is important because the left brain deals with word decoding and phonics. So this is where the rubber meets the road for our academics. If there is a left brain weakness and we're dealing with a child that has academic issues, it could be because the the orchestra on that side is not quite up to snuff. Um, when it comes to word, uh, decoding and phonics, going down further with academics, we're talking now about math calculations. So again, generally speaking, left brain deals with those calculations. Um, these are people that are going to have problems with making sense of math calculations. Not so much reasoning, like dealing with geometry, um, and trigonometry, um, these people can be pretty good at that. Um, but making sense of times tables and calculus and all of those other, what I'll call terrible things. Cause I have troubles with that. Um, they're not gonna be very good at the left brain is good at picking out the details of the situation. So you guessed it. These are the analytical people. They are going to, um, pick out the details and mull over those details over and over and over again. If that person is left brain strong. So focusing on being left brain weak, um, don't let me get you confused. Sorry. The left brain weak person is not going to be good at details. They're going to understand the big picture. They're really good at, um, understanding the bird's eye, 30,000 foot view and understanding the, the general, um, lay of the land, but. Asking them the details of the story, um, asking them the names of the people in the book that they just read they may not be able to remember that but they'll tell you the metaphors and the analogies that occurred and the overall gist of the story what was it about what were the major lessons learned they'll tell you that and they'll be able to um, philosophize on that all day long the left brain is also deliberate with people so left brain weak people tend to be um, social Um, they bet tend to be better socially and that's after they overcome their shyness. Because if you remember the left brain is all about uh, being the gas pedal and all about approach behavior. So if they get over their shyness or if they are in a comfortable situation with people they know, these are the kiddos that are um, awesome socially they're very charismatic. They are the, um, students that teachers like, but the teacher understands that they're not good at what they do. So again, these are your. Um, typical jocks, as long as those jocks aren't, you know, jerks growing up, um, or, or bullies, which most of the time they're not. And I'll get to that with the right side of the brain. Um, these are, these are the people that everyone likes. No one really has a problem with them. They're, they're liked by everyone. They can get along with everyone in high school. They can go and hang out in any group of people and, um, they're, they're just fine and happy and everyone enjoys their company. Um, and adults like them too, because again, they're charismatic. The left brain likes, uh, routine. It likes sameness and, uh, uh, being familiar with situations. So when it comes to being left brain weak, these are people that you can almost chalk it up to being a little hippie like, uh, if you will, or the, the new term that we like to call people are crunchy, maybe a little granola like, and The left brain weak people like to, as long as they're not too shy, they don't mind new situations. Um, they don't, they don't mind exploring, uh, new things, new people, um, and ways to keep themselves busy. Now the left brain, again, going down my poster here that we made up turns on that immune system. So if you're left brain weak, you're going to have issues fighting, um, infections, uh, potentially. And the left brain going further into cognitive tasks is all about linear and logical thinking. So again, this deals a lot with academics. These people are not good at sorting out, um, academics growing up, at least most of it, because most of our academics are very left brain oriented. So these are people that have issues getting, um, getting through college. They might drop out. Um, they, are in college to maybe play a sport and they're the ones, you know, taking the business classes, if you will, because they're the quote easier classes to do. Um, it, it, th- I mean, that's not everyone, but it's just kind of giving you an idea of what, uh, wh- of what these people are like, uh, what these brains are like, as I say. And with that, the left brain is all about the IQ, the intelligence quotient. It's not that these people are not any smarter. Um, Than someone that is left brain dominant, but if they try hard, they can do it. Um, and I, I think my wife and I are personally speaking from experience on that, um, I think I'm a little bit left brain weak. And if you are familiar with this type of work, um, you'd probably agree. And the left brain is all about verbal communication. And, uh, that's because our vocal centers, like I said earlier, are in our left brain. And again, speaking from from experience, I grew up stuttering. I grew up with speech issues, and I still have speech issues. If you pay attention closely, you'll pick up on my problems. I will not pronounce a word correctly. I will use the wrong word. I'll mix up my R's and L's. And for the most part, uh, when we're running this uh, podcast for our patients and other people that want to listen we're pretty much doing one takes, um, because I just want to be as real with people as I can. So if I'm throwing in my extra ums and ahs and mixing things up, it's just because I, I just want to do the show and be as real with everyone as I can. But, um, also let you guys know what, what it is that I'm dealing with too. So your, your left brain weak people typically are really good at sports. They can be shy. If they get over the shyness, they're going to be great, charismatic people. They're going to be really good at sales. And if they do get into academics, they're going to have to work hard. They're going to have to study harder than most. They, if they have severe academic problems, these are the people that need tutoring. They're going to need help with uh, dyslexia programs. They're going to need help with auditory processing programs. Uh, you name it, uh, is, if it's that bad, they're going to need all that assistance. Uh, Now, after they get through their academics, these people tend to be really, really good at what they do because they're practical and they can apply what they know very well um, with the utmost confidence and they can explain it the best to people. They can break down um, very complex um, topics and explain it to people on the street and make them understand because they have the big picture of things, not necessarily all of the details because a left brain dominant person is going to have all these details and they want to just throw all those details up on you and it won't make any sense to you. And the left brain weak person understands that. And they know that that's not important. What, what is important is just getting the gist of the situation or the story. So going back to the bottom of my poster here again at hmlfunctionalcare.com is. On the right side, bottom right, we're looking at what happens if someone is right brain weak. So typically speaking, these are your ADHD hyperactive kiddos or type three combined as well. Um, We'll have a whole nother show on ADHD to explain all that. Uh, These are kiddos that can have a lot of mood lability or instability where they have a lot of highs and highs and lows. These are kiddos that have inappropriate social behavior. They can be awkward and they can have issues with not necessarily being shy. They could be everyone's friend, but they're the kiddo that everyone will maybe cringe a little when, when they talk. Um, and people are uncomfortable, not that they're uncomfortable and scared, like something Uh, atrocious is about to happen it's just that that person is a little awkward they might be oversharing their life story they might be saying things that is just not quite appropriate for the situation because they might be telling their life story to a complete stranger and it's not quite what they should be doing Um, these are kiddos that could have poor um, reading comprehension so they can read the story they can decode it they can read it out loud they can stand in front of a group of people and not be shy about it but if you ask them what was the overall story um, what was the um, big takeaway they won't get it so for example if miss jones is walking down the sidewalk she goes to the store She picks up, uh, 13 oranges and two jugs of milk and she walks home and she drops everything and everything breaks. The milk's everywhere and the oranges are bruised and, uh, not edible because they're dirty or whatever it is. She gets really sad. What's the gist of the story? That right brain weak person will say, ah, she got 13 oranges and two jugs of milk and dropped them. She needs to go back to the store and get others, right? No, the gist of the story is Mrs. Jones was sad that she dropped her groceries. So they don't pick up on what was the whole point of it, but they'll tell you everything. They'll even tell you that it was 72 degrees that day when Miss Jones dropped those oranges because it was nice out and she wanted to walk that day, but she probably shouldn't have because she now she dropped it. So now, now they're picking out all of the problems with the story. Like why did she even walk? Why didn't she have a wagon to carry our groceries? Um, they'll ask all the, all of those, um, intu- um, not intuitive questions, but they'll ask all of those practical questions and you're not necessarily going to have your answers for them. Um, which can be pretty funny at times. Uh, these kiddos, if they are hyperactive, they're your, um, textbook quintessential, uh, and even cliche squirrels. They're all over the place. They can't focus. Um, when they have really, really bad delays, really, um, uh, far delays, uh, like a left brain weak kid. These are kiddos that can have poor muscle tone because it is the right brain that houses our gross motor skills, which I'll go over. And because they have poor gross motor skills, they're going to be awkward. They're going to be clumsy. They're going to have poor spatial awareness and they're not going to be very good at sports and they're not going to be interested in sports per se um but you put them in front of a book with facts and figures and history and math man they're gonna nail it um ask them to send a rocket to the moon they got you uh these kiddos um they're also gonna be dealing with asthma and allergies uh, and possible susceptibility to autoimmunity because it is the right brain that turns off the immune response so you have to have the left brain to help turn it on and the right brain to help turn it off and if you don't have that immune response turned off, then it's going to be overactive. And generally speaking, asthma, allergies, and autoimmunity, um, is a problem of an overactive portion of your immune system. And again, that is very general. Um, but generally speaking, that is what it is now going back up to the top of the list here, the right brains, the the brake pedal. So these kids cannot slow down. Um, they are the ones that are all over the place when, if they are hyperactive and they're going to have issues with focus, attention, concentration, this houses our negative emotions. So this is what houses our sadness. This is what houses our fear and our disgust. So they have issues with that. Um, they're going to be having problems dealing with, um, taking care of those emotions. Um, they're going to have avoidance behavior. So. Uh, avoidance behavior problems. So, um, just the opposite of left brain weak kid who is, um, having motivation problems, these kids are motivated, but, um, they're not good at, um, dropping it. If you will, um, going down the list more again, they're not going to have, they're they're not going to be good at sports because they're going to have issues with gross motor skills. Uh, this is also where they could have sensory processing issues because they can't deal with deep touch. And this is also where we have low-frequency processing. A really good example of this is a child with autism. Generally speaking, um, it is the right brain that is having issues with a child with autism. And they are overly sensitive to high-frequency sounds, which is the strong side of their brain. So they are not going to be good at low-frequency sound processing. So they are sensitive to sounds because they are overly sensitive to those high sounds. Uh, Going down at the academic list, these kiddos, again, have issues with reading comprehension, math reasoning. They can't understand that big picture. Um, Then they also have issues with creative thinking. I mean, ask them to uh, draw a piece of art or write a piece of music. That's not necessarily going to be their forte. Then with people, the right brain has intuition. So these people tend to be awkward with people. They do not have that gut feeling intuition with people. And therefore their EQ, their emotional quotient is off. This also goes hand in hand with nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication is your body language. It's reading your facial expressions. And these kiddos cannot feel their body very well. So if you follow me, the right brain has a map of both sides of the body. As opposed to the left only has a map of the right side so if someone has a has the uh, right brain weakness and they can't feel their body very well they're not going to feel what others feel you have to first understand how you feel and be able to process your emotions to have empathy and then you also have to know how you feel to be able to have nonverbal communication to understand if someone is hunched over or they have a Uh, grim look on their face. They may not understand that. So when they are communicating with people, they can seem brash and harsh. The best example in pop culture of someone that is right brain weak, if you really want to know, is going to be Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Um, Someone that is basically Asperger's. Um, That is right brain to the T. Whoever did the technical consulting on that show just did great uh, just incredible um, I'd really like to actually have them on the show that'd be amazing and see who who it is I gave them that info and um, lastly the, the right brain likes new newness and novelty so when you're right brain weak these people don't like new novelty they like routine they don't like anything out of routine they don't care about going on vacation to everything from they're not gonna switch coffee shops and if that coffee shop closes it is a big deal So, as far as left and right brain function, the quick recap, your left brain, if it has issues, these are learning disorders, auditory processing disorders, reading disorders. Um, The right brain, this is where we're dealing with more people with autism, ADHD, uh, what they used to call Asperger's. Uh, These are the people that we're going to be dealing with mood instability problems. And um, also, generally speaking, people have attachment problems with this, which we'll go into adoption problems and other shows, or adoptions, um, and what problems come with adoptions. I apologize for that. Uh, That's not the correct way to say that. So, when it comes to the left and right brain, check out hmlfunctionalcare.com. Check out. Um, Anything else you might find in, in terms of books, great books that explain this very well come from my mentor, Dr. Robert Molello. You can Google him, look him up, you can see some other books that he wrote about this as well. He does a great job breaking down function. And that is left brain, right brain 101. All right, everyone. The Dr. Alex Show is brought to you by Apex Energetics, apexenergetics.com. First of all, to learn more about Apex Energetics, head on over to that website. If you want to get Apex Energetics directly, uh, please call them 1-800-736-4381 or you can shop our online store. You can get to our online store at myhcpstore.com. Username is Dr. Alex. Otherwise, if you'd like to find a doctor that uses Apex Energetics, you can give them a call or go to the website and they'll direct you to a doc in your area that should be doing very good work with Apex Energetics. Apex has just been instrumental in our lives, professionally and personally. About six years ago, we went through one of the most hellacious traumas that you can think of. And if it weren't for Apex with their stress support line of products, I probably would not be here, point blank period. And in the office, making the switch from other lines to Apex Energetics has sped up our results with our patients, supporting them through their healthcare needs um, probably by 25%, um, if not if not more. And when it comes to Apex Energetics, we just want to remind everyone that we are here to not cure diseases, making claims. We're here supporting people, increasing their healthcare needs, and helping them achieve their goals. ApexEnergetics.com The Dr. Alex Show is hosted by myself, a nerd, Dr. Alex Nelson. I'm a chiropractor, board-certified in functional neurology and childhood neurodevelopmental disorders. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or most any of your other favorite podcast apps. The Dr. Alex Show is a production of Fredcasts. Think. Speak. Tack.